What's up, Inspired Girls? Welcome back to Inspired, the podcast all about being designed for a purpose, discovering self, and being transformed by dwelling with God. I'm Jessica, and I'm on the Inspired team here at X Church. It's that time of year. Love is in the air. We are approaching Valentine's Day. But wherever you land on this holiday spectrum, whether it be a lover of it or you hate it, don't miss what we are talking about today, singleness and dating. Between the three of us, we have lots of experience in this realm. And here's a truth we all landed on. To some degree or another, we all have a level of singleness. Find out how to walk through this season with joy. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back, ladies. Here we are again. Yeah. (laughs) We hope that you've been having a good week, been doing what you do, staying warm. Staying warm and being busy, probably. Yes. Yep. Because women women are always busy. (laughs) I know. It's It's just, well, I won't say that. It's the worst time of the year because it's so stinking cold. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, you you think about like February, for example, February in Ohio is the longest month mm-hmm. of the year. Yeah. And it's dark and cold like and only 28 days. doesn't matter. It feels like it's 48 <laughs> days. <laughs> you know, what I did notice when I moved to Ohio is when the ground gets really, 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 really cold. It's like the parking lots and the asphalt turn white. Mm-hmm. It's because of all the it's salt. The salt. No, stuff. it's not the salt. It's, it's not the salt. I promise. Salt. No. What? Because because I tested this because I told Trey that and he was like, it's the salt, Jess. And I'm like, no, it's not. Because if you look at like a an area that has has never been touched with salt mm. and it's asphalt, then it it's it's the cold. So that is my theory. So it's like the cold is sucking the life out of even the asphalt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, or, or else when you're driving down the freeway and there's like this haze of like salt oh, dust yeah. And, yeah. and all the brine that's up in the air mm-hmm. and your brine. car your, and your car ends up looking like a like a powder sugar donut. <laughs> And people love to write messages on it. Yes. yes. That never come off. But it's too cold to take it and get it washed because yeah. then your doors will freeze. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Ohio, everyone. Yes. If you're not I love in it. the state, just be jealous right now. Right. And if you're someplace that's really warm, we really don't want to I know. know. If you're a snowbird, just <laughs> but it could be enjoy your toes week. in the sand. So Well, that's true. It could be yeah. 80 degrees. Yeah. Well, and it's not, I mean, yeah. I always have to remind myself that... Winter is not over in Ohio until probably about March. Like I always yeah. like because in Texas, March gets warm. Mm-hmm. But I always have to remember that March is still cold. March is still cold. Yeah, it still snows in March. Mm-hmm. It can still snow in April. Yes, it has. Yeah, I think it snowed in April in 2021. Yes, it did. I have pictures on my phone. Crazy. Yeah. Or you might um, hate this time of year because we have that real fun holiday. Whoop. Oh, yeah. Valentine's Day. Do you like Valentine's Day? I have a love-hate relationship with Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) I hate Valentine's Day because I have to make all my kids Valentine's boxes. (laughs) I made my parents do the most for those. Oh, my gosh. Please just gouge my eyes out with scissors. We'd have, like, woodshop in... Our garage because I had to win the Valentine's Day box. You contest. made yours out of like wood. Yeah, I made a mailbox one year. I'm like out of wood. Oh, uh, we have an yeah. extra cereal box. You could probably <laughs> use that. Now I say I made it, but really, my parents put in like 30 hours of labor, and I just kind of mm-hmm. like put stickers on it at the end and got to paint it. But yeah, so you're so That's you're the kid fault. that go, would come in <laughs> with your box and say, "I'm going to crush everyone else in this room." Okay, three. I, I was the kid who would bring it in a day early okay. just so everyone could okay. get a preview and, like, know <laughs> what to look for the next day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're ruthless. You're, so. you're making me feel like a really bad parent because I used <laughs> oh to look my at my gosh. kids and no. say, here's the construction paper. <laughs> yes. Here's some stickers. Oh, yeah. My <laughs> kids know? will be taking, like, grocery bags in. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, here's a brown paper bag. Can you put a heart on it? 
Listen, whatever you have to do, just do it. Well, I gotta, come that is with so Enneagram 3 of you. I know. Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. I think that... <laughs> I mean, I was also the kid to be like, are you collecting the homework yet? Like, I ruined everyone's day because I would get to class and I just... That was just me. <laughs> People hated you. Yeah, yeah I was going to yeah. say, I wouldn't have liked you then. <laughs> we wouldn't be friends. Trust me, I had a very small circle. <laughs> and we all had and really not cool, on purpose. We all had really cool Valentine's Day boxes. <laughs> but mine was always you found your people the winner. So yeah, yeah. I think I I have a hard time with Valentine's Day um, because of because I'm single, mm-hmm. and it's one of those where you start seeing stuff on TV. It's like, okay, I'm not watching certain channels because all the, <laughs> all the, all those commercials, you know, the, all, all the uh, jewelry and people getting mm-hmm. engaged mm-hmm. and all yeah. the romance, romance and all the other stuff. And you, and it's like, all this does is just show me all the things I wish I had, but I don't have, mm. Yeah, you know? And um, <clears throat> I remember the first time that I was single after I was divorced a lot of it was just kind of like taken up with the fact that I was raising my kids and, you know, and that sort of thing. But I had a couple friends that um, I used to just basically put Valentine's Day out of my mind and just concentrate on my kids doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a couple friends one Valentine's Day that came and they dropped off on my doorstep a coffee cup, you know, that Aww. had some Valentine's candy in it Aww. and a little balloon, you know, just saying, you know, you know, it's like... It's one of those, it's like, you know, you're my Valentine, sign Jesus kind of thing, you know. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's like, oh, my, my boyfriend's better than yours. The one so. thing we want to snuggle on Valentine's <laughs> Day is our Bible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. But, um, but it was just, you know, the idea is like, I'm not invisible, uh, yeah. even though I don't have a sweetheart, you know. Yeah. And um, when I got married the second time, of course, I had a, an amazing mm-hmm. marriage with a, an amazing man. And, um, and since he passed away seven years ago, I'm in a time of singleness again. And I have just, this time around, the whole Valentine's Day has been really hard. And it wasn't until mm-hmm. a couple years ago where it was like, okay, instead of going around with this attitude of like, I hate this holiday, was it just, could it just be over and all this kind of thing? I decided that I was just going to start praying for my married friends. Yeah. Mm, so I started I praying for my married friends, and it was kind of cool because I'm like, oh, that you know, that they wouldn't just live for this day, but it would be all these others. And and I started noticing people, and I was at um, at the grocery store, and this guy was in line at the checkout, you know, self checkout, and it looked like you know he was had some really dirty labor type job. I mean, he mm-hmm. had the boots that were all beat up, and you know, he was kind of grimy, and it looked like he had just come from work. And he had a big bouquet of flowers Aww. and a thing, heart thing of, of, of um, candy, you know, and all this kind of thing. And he's self-checking out. And I just looked at him and my heart melted and I just Aww. started praying for him. And I'm like, and afterwards I said, oh, Lord, please let that be for his wife or a oh. sweetheart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not something else. <laughs> and not the mystery. We assume positive intent. <laughs> Always assume the but, best of but people. It was like, but it was, at one point, oh I would gosh. have looked at that and just said, "Oh, must be nice." <laughs> yeah. Some, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But yeah, I do have kind of a love-hate relationship with that. It's yeah. hard when you're single to have all that reminder. It feels like it's kind of thrown in your face. Yeah. You know? yeah. I think it's hard too. In so this is my first Valentine's Day with my fiance. We've been dating how many months at this point? Ten? Getting married in June. So it's, like, exciting for us. Mm-hmm. Um, Valentine's Day's past. Is that how you, you would say it? Valentine's Day's past. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like culture really pushes an agenda when it comes to singleness. I think that if you are single on Valentine's Day, you almost have to take up this mantra or like lifestyle that you don't need or want codependency like if you're single on valentine's day and you live in culture today it's almost frowned upon to long for Mm -hmm. someone right and i feel like people turn away from 
codependency or really being happy with a future spouse or a spouse because culture really just pushes you to be like independent woman, strong, you don't need whoever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I feel mm-hmm. like we've kind of lost that value of I'm going to find someone that I love someday. Right. And it's okay that I'm single right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's very true. Um, I was in college in the seventies and there was so much of a push at that time at, that you're to have uh, a career. You don't need a husband. You don't need yeah. kids. You don't need any of that, you know. And then if you do decide to have kids, you can you can do it all. Mm-hmm. You can do it all, and um, you do. But you don't need you don't need that. You are an indep- independent, strong woman. Mm-hmm. All of those things, yeah. and. And I understand that there's something, some value in that because in many ways in past, you know, centuries and even 50, 50 years ago, there were all kinds of inequities and things like that. But when it comes to singleness, you can't, you can't just, there's two sides to the coin. Yeah. Sometimes I can say, you know what, I like the freedom of being able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Mm -hmm. But then on the other side, I get worried sometimes that I could get really, really self-focused and selfish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and also, you know, there's many times when it's like, man, it would just be so nice to have someone here, you know, to have a partner, to have a husband again. I have been known to walk into my kitchen with all the groceries and say, hey, I'm home. Can you help me get the groceries? You know, no, there's no voice that's going to answer me. I'm like, oh, it's okay. I got it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, let I me know. I'll, I'll come to your house before you get home with groceries. <laughs> I'll help you. Just text me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you if you haven't figured out, we're talking, we're going to be talking about singleness today. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just have a conversation about it. What I think, why, why do, like you're talking about, the culture that we live in um, kind of really pressing in on like X, like no on codependency. Um, Why do we, why do we want to sometimes be single? Why do we, why do we not want to be single? That's Mm -hmm. kind of the bigger thing is because I think sometimes in a season of singleness, we feel like we have a void. Yeah. And I think that, it would be helpful to have a conversation around why we have a void Mm -hmm. and what do we do about it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What does God say about it? Um, How should we view it? Um, And what should we do about it? Hmm. Well, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is that God has created us for relationship Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because God is in relationship with himself within the Trinity and he created humans to be in relationship with with him. him. And so it's, if you want to put it that way, it's, it's part of our, our DNA. It's yeah, part of who we are. And so to want relationship, is there's nothing like wrong with that. I think where we get off track is when we go about it the wrong way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, when, when the feeling is that I have to have someone in my life or I'm not whole. Yeah. Yeah. is dangerous. Right. Yeah. Well, that's where you start talking about the codependency and you start talking about those kinds of things that are not healthy. Mm-hmm. I, I know that I can say that, Jesus, you're more than enough for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, and I'm whole in you. But I also know the flip side that I'm created for relationship. Yeah. And neither do I need to be ashamed or feel like I'm letting someone down or not being mature or whatever in longing for the fact that I would like to be married again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I'm 23 now and engaged. Um, but previously I have pretty much gone from a long-term relationship to a long-term relationship. And I think that a big driving force behind that for me was a, that's what I was used to is, is comfortable to just have someone Mm -hmm. and B, I, my personality and how I operate. I really love to take a situation and fix it. Like even if it's not mine to fix. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So a lot of my drive 
in relationships came down to wanting to be a people fixer or feeling that. When did you realize that though? So I feel like that's a very high level of maturity. That was Mm -hmm. a very, um, it was actually at the beginning of my faith journey when I, when fixing myself and working on my own soul and thought processes became more important than fixing a significant other. Um, and at the start of my faith journey, I, as I got to know more about Christ, I obviously got to know more about who he designed me to be. Mm-hmm. And as I learned that, I saw gaps in my life and what wasn't important to me at that time was fixing someone else. And so it took me a long time to just be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I began to see the fruits of my own sanctification and pouring more into aligning my life with what God has intended for me. Mm -hmm. And as I saw those fruits, compared to the fruits I would see from fixing people, which is impossible Mm -hmm. and not your job. (laughs) Right. It was like a no brainer for me. Mm -hmm. And so I had finally gotten to a place where I, as part of that process, I had surrendered my dating life, if you want to call it to God and just said, I'm not going to take control of this and what you have in store for me, I'm going to believe in and have faith in. And I honestly, I was 20, I was 23 at the time. And I was like, great. Or maybe 22. I was like, great. I'm 22, 23. I'm starting all over. It's, I'm probably going to be like 28, 29 before I meet someone. I'm going to have babies late. So like all these things are running through my head. And I just remember being at peace with knowing that no matter what age it happened at, no matter when I would start a family, I knew that I was on the path that God had laid out for my life. Mm. And that even having a family at 22 and not being on that path would be far more detrimental than starting a family maybe later in life Mm -hmm. because I would have to wait for that person Mm -hmm. to cross paths with me. And so I had this picture in my mind of this timeline, which I also learned to just stop giving myself timelines mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. nothing you are, you ever happens. You are such happens. an Enneagram 3. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> nothing ever happens when I think it will. <laughs> and I met my fiancé a month later after I had really had that conversation with God and just said, I'm just part of it was frustration with just dating in general because we've all been there. It's just not fun sometimes. <laughs> and the other part of it was really having faith in God's plan being greater than mine. Mm, there's where it is. And literally a month later, I met my fiance. Yeah. And then seven months later, we were engaged. And mm-hmm. so I none of it aligned with the timeline I had thought up for myself, but I could not imagine a better outcome for me Mm -hmm. from that time of just feeling like I was starting over and just being in that uncomfortable singleness and feeling like I didn't have control over what my life was going to look like. Never would I have thought that I'd have the blessings that I do today, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which honestly is not that much further in the future from where I was at, Mm -hmm. like not even a year. Yeah. So I think singleness is, is a season. Um, for some it's longer than others. Yeah. For some, it may just be, that's just what you will have. That's the, what God has called you to. Um, when I was, single when my kids were I was as a single parent when their dad left and everything I was single for 15 years before I remarried and I look back on it and I see God's wisdom in that yeah 
that it was really a time when I needed not to be doing other things. And, and as hard as it was, it really was it. And, um, and so when I got married to Israel, it was, it was the time, it was the right time, you know, and we were married for nine years and now I'm in another season of singleness, um, which feels very, very different than the first one. And I've, I'm at the place where I realized that, you know, in the last seven years since he passed away, it's, there's so many things that I have learned about myself mm-hmm. and ways I've grown and also things that I've learned about God that I don't think I would have learned otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, and, and the same thing it speaks to when you, if you're married, there are things that, that God does in you and, um, and that you learn about yourself mm-hmm. and, and all that in being in a, in a, in a married relationship too. Yeah. But for right now, it's, it's, that, it's that season. And there are things that, as, as a single person, that you can do that if you're married, you can't. I mean, I mean Scripture even speaks to that. Um, you know, Paul talks about that, you know, mm-hmm. especially when he says, well, I wish you were all single just like me. I, you know, and those are, the, those are sometimes the things I read in Scripture when I just want to say, okay, we're closing that and we're not looking at that right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, great for you, Paul, you mm-hmm. know, but, um, but that there is, there are advantages to it and, um, and that's okay, but it's still, it's still a, it can be lonely. Yeah. It can be, um, discouraging sometimes. It can be, especially when you see people around you, you know, that for example, or they have a significant other or they're getting engaged or they're getting married and you say, okay, Lord, what about me? You know, those kinds of feelings come and that's, and that's okay. And that's what you need to talk to, to Jesus about and talk to your, you know, uh, a a person that you trust that you can get those things out and all. But, um, I think, and maybe Megan, you can speak to this is you talk about dating and those kinds of things. You alluded to this of what it's like right now. Yeah. And how it's different even than maybe five, six years ago. Oh, I think mm. it is. The oh dating gosh. game. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, the rules, yeah. however you want to put it. it. It's it's so different. Yeah. It's so different than even when, um, you know, Israel and I were dating. You know, that was, uh, you know, like 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. It, it was, like, very different. Yeah. I think that one huge difference that I noticed, and I don't know if it was this case when you guys were dating or even five or six years ago, but I, a lot of things that I noticed when I did date is that a lot of people I interacted with came from broken homes, which I could connect with because my parents are divorced. But I think that in that, um, you kind of take dating in your own hands. And I think one thing I noticed was that there is a, a huge pressure, even at the first date, to reciprocate. Like, if I was on a date, someone was really interested, like, I would feel the pressure to reciprocate interest, even if I wasn't all in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that in that we lose the curiosity stage where you ask questions and you really get to know someone because when you establish that level of comfort, it's like you don't need to go over that and you don't need to ask the questions and really get to know where people come from and who they are because there is a pressure to not let someone down, Mm -hmm. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And then in that, you lose, there's, there's kind of a discomfort, but a good discomfort in getting to know someone and asking questions and, like, learning about where they come from. And I think when you establish comfort early on out of pressure to reciprocate, then you lose that mm-hmm. stage where you can really get to know someone. I think one of the big differences, too, that I see is that so many times when I talk to single women, it's like, oh, well, you know, get on a dating site. Yeah. This is the way you meet people. Yeah. And it may be my age or whatever, but that makes me really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really dangerous. <laughs> because I'm thinking, 
how do I know this person is really being honest yeah. or not? You know, yeah. and that that really makes me kind of go, I don't know if I can do that, you yeah. know. But that's what I hear a lot is that, well, that's just the way it's done now. Yeah. That's the only way you can meet people unless you go to bars. Well, I don't go to bars. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, I mean, I, is that kind of what you feel that is going on? Like in your age group, for example. Oh, yeah. So I think that online dating sites are so normalized now that it is the main avenue for mm-hmm. dating. Like you don't meet people at coffee shops anymore. You don't one one so aspect. So you don't of get that. to use like one liners anymore, huh? Like no. pickup lines? No. Oh, I still use them. There's some good ones. I use them with Jordan. And he just like straight straight face stares at me. It's like it's like the it's like the dad joke. Like it's like the last iteration of a dad joke. Yeah. yeah. It really is. Yeah. And I think one one contributing factor to that is that Everything is online now. Mm-hmm. Like people aren't as involved outside of home because you can get everything that you need from your phone. Like you can get community mm. and you can talk to people and you can get groceries delivered right, to your door. You can buy a car on Carvana and have it delivered mm, to yeah. you on I just saw one of those trucks. I yeah. thought it was fake, but it's a real thing. Have you I ever seen one, on one the of the Carvana like vaults? No. Uh-uh. I Are can't like remember where I was like driving. Oh, what direction? I think I was... Oh, was it to... Uh, Maybe, I don't know, Pittsburgh? Maybe out that direction? There's like a Carvana thing, and it's like a tube, and it shoots up in the sky. I mean, like... Oh, my gosh. Like, and it's clear, and it looks like a oh. vending machine. A car vending machine? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Cool, though. When you can get every single thing that you need from sitting at home... Mm-hmm. or in your office or wherever you go daily routine you don't need to leave your house to socialize or to interact with other people and so i think you lose the face to face first time meeting someone or establishing interests with someone um a lot of people connect with people initially now based off of what they see on their Instagram profile, which is why it's so much pressure to curate your social media to look like you got it all together. Right. And so I think that dating apps are a combination of the like tech society that we live in. Mm -hmm. And I also think that it's, um, I think that when it comes to commitment, my generation, maybe past couple, I think I'm Gen Z. I always forget. I'm like at the cutoff. But I think when it comes to commitment, that is like a scary thing in my generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're just chatting with someone on Tinder or online, I don't know, then the commitment is very low. So I think that that's a, a draw to it. But I do think that it gets it gets to the point where that is so comfortable that meeting someone in person is uncomfortable. And so you kind of just separate yourself and you just that's how we are today is Mm. online dating is huge, huge. I'm going to ask a hot button question. Okay. Is in life is marriage the goal? Ooh, wow. That's a good because one. Because we certainly live like it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I would go so far as to say that the church in general has not been a great example of celebrating singleness. Yeah. Yeah. Or embracing it as a gift. Because if you're in the church context, there's a writer like you were talking about in the New Testament, Paul. Mm-hmm. And I found it. It was in 1 Corinthians 7. And it says, I wish all of you were as I am. Because he was just talking about marriage. Mm-hmm. And he said, I wish all of you were as I am. But each has your own gift from God. One has this gift. Another has that. He goes to so far as to say that singleness is a gift of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't, I, I rarely, rarely, rarely meet a person that is single and says it's it's my gift from God. I think there is I think there are people that do have 
the gift of singleness. I mean, we talk about, you know, people being having a gift of teaching or whatever, but I think there is a gift of singleness where it's like that is that is what they're called to and called that's, that's a big that's you know, that is that is really what their purpose is, is to to do everything that they can in their singleness. And then I think also there are those that are called to a season of singleness and and it's a season, it's a time period, and it may not be forever. Right. Yeah. You know. But how do you figure out? That's the, like, because uh, like, yeah. I'm asking mm-hmm. myself the question, and for my single friends, mm-hmm. that I know have the desire to be married. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know in my life that times that I'm seeking my purpose, times that I'm asking God, what am I called to? Mm-hmm. Um, I can think of, I mean, even just like Trey, Trey said he would never work in a church. Yeah. And he is called to be in the church and he knows that with every fiber of his being. But at first it was not like when he felt called into working in the church, he was not like, that was just not like, oh my gosh, I'm just getting all of my desires, my pa- like my passions fulfilled right now and working in the church. Yeah, <laughs> It was a growth process and it was like a yeah. coming around, okay, this is what I'm called to. And like, I mean, it's, it's different. And so my question is, as a person walking through singleness, how do you decipher if it's a season or if it's calling? Mm. I think a lot of prayer, for one thing. Yeah. yeah. I think that's just like anything that, we feel called to is that discernment has to come because I think just like anything else that's got, gets settled in your, in your, in your spirit, you know, when it's settled yeah, and you feel the freedom in it and you feel like, okay, this is, this is okay. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I think it's a long process. So is the opposite of that, like just like a holy discontentment, like I know this is not my calling and like, you know, I think the other flip side of that is waiting. I mean, like God Mm -hmm. teaches us so much through waiting on him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that while we may not be called to marriage, we all have a calling to relationship with Christ. And that is when I learned the most about my desire for marriage was when I was in relationship with Christ. And so, so I have a lot of single friends as well. And I think if I were to give them a piece of advice when it came to deciphering whether their singleness was a calling or meant for their life, I would challenge them to really get into relationship with Christ and explore that with him Mm -hmm. versus taking it into like taking the wheel yourself. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I think that one, and really that applies to all kinds of areas too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But um, to be able to lay that down, and believe me, there's there's many times when I, I feel like I do lay that down over and over again. It's mm-hmm. like, Lord, you know, I would love to get married again. Mm-hmm. But it's like, even if that does never happens, I have you. Yeah. And you're far better than than anything. And then, and if that's what your will is, then I, you know, I know you will then help me to be content in that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I I've, I've thought about it. My uh, both of my parents were quite elderly when they passed away. My mom was almost 99. She was like a couple oh months away gosh. from her 99th birthday. Wow. My dad was 88. And um, so, you know, my doc always tells me that I have longevity genes. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> so I have actually, when I figure it out now, I have quite a few possible years ahead mm-hmm. of me. Yeah. And there's times when I was like, Lord, that's a long time to be single. <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> but if that's what he's called me to, and mm-hmm. I know he's going to confirm that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that even in that confirmation that there won't be times when there's going to be that little, you know, little jab in the heart of saying, oh, yeah. I wish it was different. But you always come back to, no, but I know that this is what I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be doing. Right. You have a piece in it. Yeah. yeah. But I think it is, it is a lot of seeking. And, it's, and if your relationship 
with God is first, then everything else starts to fall into place because mm-hmm. you get the right perspective yeah. mm-hmm. rather than looking at where we're, where we are as all there is, you instead get that more of an eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, this life is really important, obviously, otherwise we wouldn't be here, but it isn't all it is. There's mm-hmm. so much more. And what we are sowing in this life is important, but there's also life to come. Yeah. So I, well, I think that that's probably the, like you were saying, Megan, is just starting out with where am I with Jesus? How am I seeking him first? Yeah. And then other things start to fall into place and just trusting him and surrendering all that to him and then yeah. waiting to see, you know, what he does. Yeah. I just remember being so mad with dating and just feeling like how how are like how is this my option? Like how are mm-hmm. these my options laid out before me? And it was before I'd ever surrendered that to God. And I feel like he was probably just up there laughing, like just waiting, <laughs> you know? Just like those aren't all your options. Like you haven't even asked me what your options are. And so I did not when I think when we surrender things to Christ, he doesn't promise us um, happiness with our mm-hmm. <laughs> decision. He doesn't promise that everything will be smooth sailing. Mm-mm. But there is that contentment mm-hmm. that he promises blessings for honoring that relationship with him in a way that we can honor that relationship with Christ is to put that relationship first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think one of the um, dangerous things, too, I think that women can get into is if you have a relationship and it's broke and you have a broken relationship, whether it be, you know, a breakup or a divorce or something, it's uncomfortable afterwards. And so often I see women saying, I, I can't live this way. And so I'm going to jump right into something else. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that many times, a lot of the times does not come out well. Yeah, because there's all the stuff that you still have to deal with that you haven't, and it can just you know compound itself. It's because lo- yeah, I mean loneliness and and all of that is uncomfortable, and our our human nature is that if it hurts, I want to get away from it. Right, you know? right. I don't want to press into yeah. it and find out what is in me that needs to be fixed or healed. I want to get away from it, so I'm going to do something else. And I think that that's, um, I think that's one of the dangers of of just saying no. I can't. I, I need this instead of saying, no, I need to step back yeah. and heal, or I need to step back and see where I'm at yeah, and see who I am. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that one of the dangers of that situation you're talking about, Janice, with either looking for that comfortability or that companionship is when we have that as our main goal then we will settle once that need is met. And so mm-hmm. when our main goal is companionship, you can find companionship pretty easily. You can establish commonalities and you have companionship. And I think that when we, when we settle for our main goal, if that main goal is not God's intention for our life, mm-hmm. then we can find ourselves in those really risky situations Mm -hmm. that have that snowball effect. But the promise behind that is when you go into it with your main goal being that of God's, you will come out of it blessed. Mm -hmm. And the more I aligned my goals with which I couldn't put words to some of them, sometimes aligning my goals with what God intended for my life was just saying, I don't know what this goal is, Mm -hmm. but you do. (laughs) And that kills me (laughs) because I I need to put it on my list. I need a color for it. I need (laughs) like a bullet point for it. And he's like, I'm not even going to give you words for it. And I had to be okay with that. And I think that that's part of that discomfort that Mm -hmm. it's easier for us to put a goal behind it Mm -hmm. and settle once that goal is met than it, than it is for us to be okay with maybe not knowing what that goal is. Mm-hmm. Keeping mm-hmm. you on your toes, leaning yeah. in. 
Mm-hmm. Seeking. Yeah. It keeps you seeking. Yeah. 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 And also just coming right back to the the crux of the matter is to look at at, at Jesus and just saying you're more important than mm-hmm. all this. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I heard the word surrender a lot in this conversation. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that a season of singleness has a lot to do with surrender. <laughs> well, it does because you're trusting that you're trusting that God really knows what's best for you. Yes. Even when it doesn't feel like the best. Right. Yeah. Even when it doesn't feel comfortable, even when it feels awful yeah. some days yeah. or it feels lonely, lonely. Or, or whatever, you know, it's because I, I think there's a, you can be lonely and then there's aloneness too. You can mm-hmm. be alone, but you can also be lonely. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm alone. That's just kind of a, that's just the reality. When I go home at night, I'm alone, yeah. you know, but I can be alone and not lonely, yeah. but I also can be both of those. Mm-hmm. And it's in those lonely moments that I have to bring myself back to, God, this is how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because he wants to. Right, and he wants to know that. And, you know, you were talking about, you know, putting out the face of everything is together and I'm great right. and all this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you know, I'm Lord, right now I'm miserable. I'm lonely. I wish I wasn't single. Yeah. I wish I had a husband. I wish, you know, all these things. Mm-hmm. This is what my preferred reality would be, but it's yeah. not. And And Jesus, I know you're more enough, but right now you don't have, you know, skin and bones and you're not here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wish you were, but mm-hmm. you're not. And so to, like, it, I always look at it as it's just feel like, okay, we're going to go back to the basics. What's the foundation? And the foundation is that you're faithful and you never leave or forsake me, mm-hmm. that you understand me better and I understand myself. Mm-hmm. You see me, mm-hmm. you know, you, you value me. You Come think on. I'm worthy. You pursue me. Yeah. You think I'm lovely. You mm-hmm. will fight for me. Mm-hmm. And I just, I have a list that I just go through mm-hmm. to remind myself I, that, no, I don't have a husband who will look at me in the morning and say, you're, you know, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I have a savior who will look at me and say, I died for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and if you were the only person ever existed in all of eternity, I still would have done it. Yeah. You know, all of those things to bring it back to what is really reality. But yet on the other hand, to know that when I feel broken, that he sits with me and he sheds a tear with me yeah. and mm-hmm. puts his arm around me in a way mm-hmm. to say, it's okay. I understand. Yeah. yeah. I like to, um, I like to refer to that as mirror talk. When you, there was a time when I would write down the promises that God gave me, like, mm-hmm. I will pursue you. I will not leave you alone. Mm-hmm. I would write them in the mirror and as uncomfortable as it made me at first, mm-hmm. I could always go back to that. And mm-hmm. I think that that also gave me a lot of, Jordan and I joke that we knew we were going to get married before our first date. But I really think that that mirror talk and just being so grounded in the promises that God has placed over my life helped me identify that Jordan was my spouse Mm -hmm. early on. And so I think that preparing yourself in that way for when that time comes, Mm -hmm. if that's something that has been placed upon your life, that is a whole new realm of peace when you meet that person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just like a, almost like a, a stamp from God, like a mm-hmm. stamp of approval from God. <laughs> that Like that is who he placed in your life. Mm-hmm. But you have to know through your relationship with him first, what he has promised for you. Yeah. And let me just say that, the other side of the coin in marriage is not much different mm-hmm. because you you can still be in a marriage and be lonely. Right. You can be in a marriage and still have to be surrendered mm-hmm. to God's call in your life. And I say that because I feel like before Trey and I got married, that was one thing that I felt like God was really impressing upon me was even if he is not a part of the picture, if he's not there, then, then I still am. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm sure you experienced experienced that with Israel's death is Mm -hmm. that you, your heart was, was Jesus's before it was his. Right. And so there, and I, it's funny because I'll, I'll talk to people who are single and really struggling in their singleness. And I totally like get that. And I agree, but also in a marriage, you're also living the same amount of surrender. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because I have to be, I have to know that God is the same with a spouse or without a spouse. And that if God were to take him, Mm -hmm. then I, then I would still have to have the level of surrender that I would if I were single. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, um, after Israel passed away and I go back and, uh, read my journals that first year I went through five journals. Mm. (laughs) I filled them all Mm. because I was writing all the time and realizing all the things that I, the losses I was dealing with, it wasn't just that he wasn't there, but I felt for a while, it just felt like the ground had shaken underneath Mm -hmm. me. It was like, who am I? I'm not a wife anymore, you know, for yeah. a lot about yeah, identity, identity yeah. for nine years. It was like it was Israel and Janice because, you know, we were together and all of a sudden it's just me. And so who am I? And it took, you know, time to get a handle on that. Part of that was just to remind myself, you know, I am still God's beloved yeah. daughter yeah. at the base of it. Yeah. Right. I'm still, you know, the apple of his eye. Yeah. I am, you know, I am still the, the, you know, the sheep that he left the 99 for all mm-hmm. those years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, those things have not changed. And that's where I chose to, like, rebuild my identity from. Yeah, that's good. And, and I'm so thankful, like you were saying, just that I had that because I don't know how I would have survived. I don't know how women, when they lose a spouse that they love dearly, survive if they don't have that kind of foundation or, mm-hmm. or you know have Jesus in that way um because I know I'm not strong enough to do that yeah and that was all part and also during that especially that first year the things that I learned about his peace and his comfort and his presence I remember after the first year looking at someone saying I wouldn't trade it for anything Wow. Mm. Even having Israel back here. Mm-hmm. First off, why would I want to do that? Good grief. He's seeing Jesus face to face and he's healthy and everything mm-hmm. else. You're just like, sorry, I'll leave you there, you know, mm-hmm. because I love you. But um, but all those things that happened, especially even since then, it's like I just wouldn't trade them for anything because they are so valuable. Mm-hmm. They are so, so valuable. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think and I, I love what you said, Jess, that, yes, you can be lonely in a marriage. And if you don't have that focus of where your identity is and Mm -hmm. what your foundation is, that it really is who Jesus says you are, you know, what the word says you are, all of those things, then you're going to become codependent and you're going to be getting your validation, your identity from your spouse. And that is a burden that no spouse can bear. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not fair. Yeah. It's good. So maybe at the... Maybe we could phrase it as we are all called to some level of singleness mm-hmm. when it comes to our dependency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you're face to face with God and you are comfortable with being you. Yeah. As a daughter or a son of the king. Mm-hmm. Even if you're married, even if you've been married four times or mm-hmm. even if you're divorced, mm-hmm. there's still a level of singleness that you are how to yeah that's good yeah that your your spouse or significant other yeah. does not complete you yeah. and it's a level of singleness yeah. that <laughs> that always makes me comfortable oh he completes me no you <laughs> girlfriend run, 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 run. no 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 <laughs> i think that's a level of singleness that is comforting too mm-hmm. so i think usually when we think of singleness it's this uncomfortable like waiting game but when it comes to singleness as in being okay with your identity as a child of the king and Mm -hmm. who you are in Christ and what he's placed in your life. That's comforting. Mm -hmm. He's given you this day to live. Yeah. 
you know, the scripture talks about this is the day that the Lord has made, you know, I will rejoice, be glad in it. He's giving you this day. And he, if he's given you this day as a single woman, mm-hmm. then don't waste a moment of it. Yeah. And like instead that. of just focusing in on what I wish was different or whatever, it's not that you're not going to have those thoughts, but he has so much right here, right now that he wants to bless you with, yeah. that he wants to use you, you know, in, in talking with someone or, you know, being kind or encouraging or, mm-hmm. you know, in your job, in your workplace or with your family or whatever. And don't lose sight of the gift that's right in front of you mm-hmm. today, good, even yeah. though you're single or whatever is going on. Mm-hmm. That's good. I love that. It's good talk. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's real talk. It really is. I mean, just and that's what we hope to really talk about in, mm-hmm. in these conversations is just real life stuff. I mean, like, how do we how do we do life? How do we do the good parts of life and the hard yeah. parts of life through the lens of faith? And yeah. so yeah, thank you for I mean giving both of your insights and and I know that we can all learn from it. It doesn't matter what phase of life or what, you know, marital status we have, we can all learn from singleness. So yeah. that's right. All right, well Come back next week and hear our next exciting topic. And send me your recipes. (laughs) (laughs) Send me your recipes. Still working on that recipe box. (laughs) All right. Uh, Inspired at thex.church. Yes. Recipes go there. Yep. Thank you. See you next week. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. Our hope is that everyone who hears these episodes, near or far, would know that the invitation at our table is always open. You might not be sitting at this table, but our desire is that you would join in on these conversations. So if you were inspired by today's talks, send us an email at inspired at thex.church. We'd love to hear your thoughts, stories, and questions. And as always, don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts.